0: Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pro Choice OH. Enjoy
1: the show.
2: Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Jamie. I'm Michelle. Welcome back.
1: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast this week. Absolutely. Again, um, we're always happy to have you here.
1: I'm always happy to be here. Um,
2: (laughs) uh, For those who don't know, Michelle is like the world's greatest clinic escort, hanging outside um, all of uh, Ohio's premier abortion facilities, um, (laughs) video recording the protesters to document... The kind of despicable things that they do and say. Um, how you been? I've been really good. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. I just got back from Charlotte, North Carolina. A group I saw. of us from Ohio went down uh, to support. It's it was their 40th week of 40 weeks of life. It's their big um, abortion tourism campaign that they do, and it's insane.
2: That's that's. I mean, can you for those who don't know what 40 weeks is? Or forty forty days.
1: Forty days is 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 more. Um, I think forty days happens twice a week everywhere, twice a year, or twice yeah. twice a year everywhere, and it's around Lent. And then they made up another
0: About election day.
1: Yeah, basically. But forty <laughs> weeks is a campaign that a group in Charlotte started. I think it's Love Life Charlotte, not to plug so, them, yeah. but <laughs> um, and it's forty weeks of uh, intense clinic harassment. And it's in Charlotte. I believe it's in Raleigh and one other city too. And they were expecting 10,000 people at the Charlotte Clinic uh, last weekend. I'm not sure how many showed up, but it was in the thousands.
2: Like 10,000 people just standing around what I I assume to be a fairly small building.
1: Yes. And a fairly small area with lots of other businesses and one street in and out. And it's insane. And they actually got the property next to the clinic um and cleared it out so it's a big stage now where they can sing and project their speakers towards the clinic and it's a nightmare. It's
2: outside of, outside a doctor's office.
1: Outside of a doctor's office. Mm-hmm.
2: So women down there are like, Well, I need to go to the doctor. Exactly. I've, I've made my decision. Mm-hmm. That's the abortion provider. I need to go to their office instead of just doing like a normal trip to the doctor's office. Exactly. It's driving through like crazy town Bonnaroo. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. And I can think our our craziest day at our clinic in Columbus, I think we had 75 people. And on an average day, they have... 300 during this campaign and 300 70, protesters yeah 75 for us was unmanageable like it was crazy right. we managed it so if any protesters are listening don't get me wrong <laughs> we managed it and every single patient that had an appointment was seen and did get care even the mm-hmm. ones that they said canceled so nice but <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. 300 people outside of a doctor's office that don't belong there that are <laughs> obstructing traffic yelling it's crazy yeah, it's so, crazy. So, like, if somebody drives by,
0: like Planned Parenthood or Founders or your choice, like on a normal given day, there's between five and twenty protesters, and you know it's it's bad and harassment and shouldn't be happening. But it's not three hundred people standing outside of a clinic, like, right? It's not
1: enough. It's not enough of a white people mob that you'd be afraid to go inside mm-hmm. the building, and it's yeah. it's scary. It's like for patients trying to access care that can be enough to make you turn around and go home.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, if I was facing thousands of people standing outside and wondering what the heck's going on, like, how do you get there? How do you even get in?
1: It was difficult for us knowing, like, knowing from the clinic how to get there. The police had one road blocked off. There was a parade route blocked off. It was hard just to access the surrounding streets to park. So I can't imagine for a patient trying to access care after being, after, like, coming against all these protesters and police at so many points... That they like the people that make it to the clinic, it's obvious that they've made their decision and that they're ready to access care because it's so hard. It's so difficult to actually get there. It's like they've made their choice. They went through all this just to walk in the door. So,
2: wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not the only ones that get the really bad, like hundreds and hundreds of people. Kentucky's only abortion oh, yeah. provider gets them every single week. And they're in a really bad spot because the sidewalk is right up against the building. So they don't have any kind of parking lot buffer.
1: Right. They, and they have to have escorts all the way from like parking buildings all the way down the street to protect patients. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy what these people do.
0: Yeah. I actually was in, um, it's in Louisville. Louisville. Never remember the two. Um, we went there for a basketball a women's final uh, for like NCAA championship game. Um, and um, what just like parked in a random lot near the stadium and started walking. And it's funny because I saw the CPC first because there was a CPC right next door to it. Always. Hilariously. And I was like, oh, that's a Christ Pregnancy Center. And then I looked, I was like, oh, wait, and that's the abortion clinic. And it would be, it'd be like if you know like downtown Columbus or downtown Cleveland, it's just a building in the downtown area. It doesn't have its own lot. It's got like paid, like surface lots right, and parking the buildings. The sidewalk and abuts right up. Yeah. to the clinic. Yep. So I mean going through, I mean those people therefore have to walk the whole gauntlet straight through and and get it to get into the building. Right. So just to get
2: it to the doctor's office. Yes, yep. just to get to the doctor. Drives me insane. <laughs> just they're, they're going to the doctor.
1: Right, like can you imagine if you were going to get like a tooth filled or something and having 300 people stand outside and be like, "Are you sure? Are you right. sure you really need a filling?" Right. Like your tooth is how God made it. Mm-hmm. Like you sure you really need a feeling, let's talk about it like this is the only health decision that everybody feels like they have a right to influence your opinion on mm-hmm. right and it's insane
2: i I make a similar comparison, not in the discussion on protesters, but on you know just how few facilities there are and 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 that's the that's the comparison that I make when when people ask about how many clinics are in Ohio, and you know it's it's tough. I think for your average person to figure out, is that a lot of clinics Mm -hmm. or a little clinics? And so I make the comparison to an oral surgeon and say, listen, you know, we have seven surgical abortion providers here in the state of Ohio. What if those were oral surgeons? Imagine trying to get in to get a root canal Mm -hmm. and you're competing with the only oral surgeon in... Your city. You know, in in your city, in like a 20-county region. Mm -hmm. There's only one doctor. Good luck getting that appointment. That's how difficult it is, and that's why you know every state in the nation needs more abortion providers, especially states you know that are unfortunately more red than we'd like to admit, like Ohio and North Carolina, mm-hmm. absolutely,
1: and yep. Kentucky. And Kentucky mm-hmm. has one. West Virginia has one. Like we have half as many as we had when Kasich became governor, but we're lucky.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, luckily. We, yeah, I mean we've been able to hold on to every single one of our metropolitan areas. Mm-hmm. We haven't lost a full metropolitan area yet. Yeah, trying yeah, not being to being the popular board in that sense. Um, Is that a good enough
2: yeah, transition th- for you? There's, there's your segue. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, you you were down there and then came back uh, and and got to hang out with us in the Ohio State House uh, last week for yet another vote uh, on the six week abortion ban, um, which has the infamous name of the heartbeat bill. Uh, it's a six-week abortion ban. It would effectively end abortion access here in the state of Ohio. Um, people are always constantly asking about details, and what about this, and what about that, and what about these exceptions. No, it it would end abortion access here in Ohio.
1: Yeah. I mean, how many people know they're pregnant at six weeks? I think, I don't know if with any of my children, I knew I was pregnant yeah. at six weeks, even the one that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I mean, it's... And
0: even if somebody were to know that and figure it out, where are they going to go? I mean, with so few being able to happen, there would be no clinics in the state. So they'd have to rely on doctors and hospitals, which have continuously been not friendly about providing those, those services. Well, and
1: adding a criminalization piece just makes it so mm-hmm. nobody wants to touch that.
0: Yeah, and that is the the big thing. You know, there is some confusion out there about this versus the total abortion ban mm-hmm. that was introduced that would actually criminalize women and doctors. This is not that bill. Not yet. This <laughs> just criminalizes just, and I guess, air quotes, <laughs> right. doctors. Um, it would not impose criminal penalties on individuals getting abortions or those helping people get abortions again yet. Um, but it does. It has felony penalties in one of the amendments that was introduced, I think, by... Rep Boggs um, was to remove that criminal penalty from the bill. And of course, it was immediately voted down because their purpose is to throw doctors in jail. Absolutely.
2: Right. Uh, Yeah, during the House session, uh, so this bill passed out of committee a full year ago. Yep. Uh, So there weren't any hearings this year at all. There wasn't any opportunity to provide testimony in 2018. Um, we're just already at the point of having a vote in the House of Representatives. Um, there was a good hour, 90 minutes of debate mm-hmm. over the bill. Uh, we saw speeches from Representative Nikki Antonio, Representative Stephanie House, Representative Kristen Boggs, Representative Michelle Lepore-Hagan, uh, Representative Catherine Ingram, and Representative Bridget Kelly. Uh, On the Democratic side, those were the six women who spoke in opposition to the bill, offering amendments, explaining to the legislature why this is such a terrible idea Mm -hmm. um, on many different angles. Uh, You know, Representative Ingram talked about this as, you know, a a violation of a person's religious Mm -hmm. You know their religious views, saying that you can't supersede God, you can't take this decision away from one of God's children. I mean, we're going to put links to all the the videos. Uh, We've cut them down so you can just watch the individual things. But you know, making a religious point of view Mm -hmm. that this is a violation. Uh, Representative Antonio spoke in defense of survivors of sexual assault. You can't do this to women who've been victimized already. Um, I thought that their speeches were really excellent.
1: Did Was it Representative Boggs that also spoke about an assault survivor, a specific case? Yes. That te- that testimony that she gave are, was so moving. Like, I can't imagine hearing that and being like, nope. Like, it was, I mean, it was hard to to listen to. Yeah, it was. It was devastating. It was about a an
0: 11-year-old. Yeah, an 11-year-old who had been a victim of incest by her grandfather, I think
1: it was. And her father and her brother. Yeah. And her her big concern was that she did not want to have a girl because she was scared about, you know, what that would look like. Yeah. What would happen to her? At eleven years old. And I'm like, I can't imagine doing that to a child. Like and everyone's just like, Nope, sorry. Mm. I've run on the other side. Yeah. And that's and that's the big one of the biggest
0: things is that, you know, they they look at this in such a black and white. And our our lives are not black and white. The situations people live in are most certainly not black and white. And being able to have laws that make sure that people have access to whatever health care they need in whatever circumstances what needs to happen, and this bill is the exact opposite of that.
1: Well, and from a reproductive justice standpoint, the day before you passed, you know, we passed the, our version of, like, the stand-your-ground law.
0: <laughs> also known as kill-it-will.
1: Exactly. And then we're telling... <coughs> you know, families and families of color that mm-hmm. you, you're going to have a forced pregnancy. So not only do you not get to decide when and where you have a family, you're being forced to do it in a state that is not safe for you. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. Well, and it's also, uh,
0: I mean, we already have a maternal health crisis in our state, an infant mortality crisis in our state. And part of the reason for that is that a lot of the rural hospitals around the state have stopped having a maternity unit. So, because they, they just can't, because medical practice insurance for OBGYNs is skyrocketed continuously, and it's just really expensive to have a maternity unit. So, hospitals in the middle of nowhere that don't see a lot of those patients, because they don't see a lot of patients in general, because they live in tiny towns, you know, are just getting rid of their maternity unit. So, these, you know, these women in these areas who are pregnant and need prenatal care and those kinds of things have to come to the city. So more and more of them are getting, having scheduled C-sections instead of naturally going into labor and naturally having a child because you can't be two and a half hours away from the hospital and go into labor.
1: And not having prenatal checkups and prenatal appointments Uh regularly, like you would think would be something you'd put in place before forcing people to continue pregnancies. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, details. I mean, they did, uh, there was also an amendment to require paid family leave. There was an amendment on comprehensive sex education. There was an amendment on contraception, um, contraception, because if we're not going to allow people to have abortions, we can maybe at least help them not get pregnant if they don't want to be. Of course, all of those, again, were voted down because this isn't about families or children or anything else. It's about controlling women's bodies.
1: I mean, and don't we have legislation coming up on... um... Uncomprehensive sex education in school.
0: Yeah, they did actually have a hearing last week as well on Naraj Antani's House Bill 619, which would require basically what crisis pregnancy centers or fake women's health centers do to women who walk through their doors would now be a part of our school curriculum and be taught to students in K through 12 and college. Which is devastating.
1: Because I've seen those online, you know, where they do like a piece of tape and you stick it Uh on several people and that's a girl and look how used up and not sticky she becomes once she's been put on so many people. It's it's archaic. It's yeah. terrifying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's what else the legislature did last week. Yeah,
2: Ohio. <laughs> oh, oh, just sorry. making faces <laughs> in the corner. Well, you know, I I think about Niraj's uh, Representative Antony's, uh <laughs> his his misinformation bill, yes. and that's something that you know. Uh, people with his agenda would like to see put in place. Oh, yeah. The response on the floor to, hey, shouldn't we have comprehensive sex education, which I think was uh, Michelle Lepore-Hagan, Representative mm-hmm. Lepore-Hagan's yeah, bill, that- uh, or her amendment. Um, you know, after each amendment comes up, the Republicans come up with some weaselly way mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Uh, for the amendment to die. And sometimes they say, no, this isn't in order, which is a load of garbage. Um, or, you know, normally they'll have bill Site stand up and just, you know, move that we table the amendment, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for the one on comprehensive sex education, Christina Hagen stood up there and said, this is an unfunded mandate. She didn't like the idea mm-hmm. that asking schools who are presumably already offering some form of sex education to just make that education comprehensive, that that is in her view, an unfunded mandate. Mm -hmm. You know, which, A, there's no funding. Just, you're going to be, you know, the teachers in the classroom presenting lessons, just have the lessons be scientifically accurate. Mm -hmm. You know, have them use correct information. Don't lie to students. There's no funding there. It's not an unfunded mandate. Mm -hmm. And also, that lesson saves taxpayers money in the long run. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It's not an details, unfunded details. mandate. As someone it's who got something... pregnant
1: in high school I, and had a child, I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> I can attest to how maybe comprehensive sex ed would have been a benefit. Mm-hmm. I love my child, but comprehensive sex ed would have changed my view on things. Uh-huh. Right. You would have known <laughs> how to protect yourself. But yeah,
2: exactly. Maybe. And, and, you know, when you take a look at the entire healthcare system and figure out what are the additional healthcare expenses to individuals and to taxpayers for people who are not prepared to have kids, comprehensive sex ed saves taxpayers money, period. Absolutely. It's not an unfunded mandate. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to change this bill at all. They don't want to admit that maybe they're wrong about nearly everything in this area. Yeah.
1: It's almost like they have the mindset of, like, um, if you give kids this information, then they're going to just run out and have sex. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's really, it's just tools to protect yourself. And, I mean, I'm sure it's not sexually empowering, but it would also be nice if they added that piece, you know? Right. I mean, and if if LGBTQ plus people were included in sex Mm -hmm. ed, that would be a positive addition. Ohio yeah yeah details
0: <sighs> I mean frankly just changing our Ohio code so it doesn't talk about education about venereal disease <laughs> like are we stuck in the 40s like I feel like we're talking about some like video we showed to soldiers in World War <laughs> it II only comes when with I a projector. yeah <laughs> when I start talking about venereal diseases yes, you've
2: joined like, the Navy yeah. <laughs> now you'll be in every port yeah
0: yes. Wear your <laughs> condom exactly that that is what p- pops into my mind when we start talking about venereal disease, but that is what mm-hmm. is in our Ohio Revised Code. It's not even like sexually transmitted diseases, which has also been in, uh, updated to
2: infections. Right. Like,
0: we're like 14 terms behind the times right. in this one.
2: Uh, one of the amendments, uh, another amendment that was offered, and I don't quite remember who this was. It might have been Representative Antonio, um, was to remove, well, to add exceptions to the bill uh, for survivors of rape and incest... Because that was
0: that was Antonio, and it got um, called out of order because it was amending a part of the bill that had already been amended in that session, so they didn't even vote on it.
2: So this was just technical garbage yes. for their their reason of not considering it. But yes. the bill doesn't allow people who have been raped to access abortion care,
0: or even people in a medical emergency that doesn't cause severe and irreversible organ damage. Right. Like, that. that's the medical exception. It's so, the
1: life of the mother, not the health, right?
0: Yeah, it's the life of the woman, and the health exemption is a, a severe and irreversible organ function change, Not including the brain and mental health. Yeah, no. No mental health um, at all, which I think Kristen Boggs also mm-hmm. talked about. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so the... Health and life exception in this bill are woefully inadequate and would force doctors to wait until way too far, so that patient is mm-hmm. way too far gone in order to be able to save them. You have to be dying yes. to get care, which is insane. Not you might die in a week. It's, right. oh, my God, you're right. dying Like now. you're not septic enough, sorry, yes. right. which is insane. Yeah, we could still bring you back without permanent and irreversible organ damage. So we can,
2: Fingers we, crossed. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's- amendments offered to address all of these just Mm -hmm. universally rejected. No, no, the Democrats are, (laughs) you know, they're coming up with ideas to improve the bill. We don't want those.
0: Well, and I think that really brings to the biggest point of this bill, which is that it doesn't just impact abortion provision. Like what happens when you have a pregnant patient having some kind of other health complication and you're a nephrologist dealing with kidneys and you can't treat this pregnant woman because the legislature has tied your hands so this isn't just oh it impacts abortion providers like this impacts the provision of medicine across the board because if you don't treat this woman and she dies you're probably being sued for malpractice and if you do treat this woman and she wasn't sick enough for some you know lawyer and judge in your area to you know agree with then you're losing your license and going to jail this is the position every doctor who might encounter a pregnant woman will face in the state of Ohio if this bill is passed. Right. Yay, medicine! <laughs> Huzzah. Huzzah. Um,
2: of it, so having all of those points raised, then the House of Representatives voted. Uh-huh. Uh, the vote on the floor was 58 to 35. We yes. later found out that the final vote was 60 to 35. Um, because they pulled some legislative trickery, uh-huh. literally drove someone across the state, representative Marilyn Slaby got a a uh, an anti-abortion shuttle uh-huh. uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes um, back to the state terrible. <laughs> and and was was physically transported by the bill's original author. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go cast a late vote. They held the roll open.
0: Yeah, they susp- they went into recess rather than gaveling session closed so that they had enough time to do all of this. So the leadership was behind this whole field trip to go pick Marilyn Slaby up somewhere in the middle of
2: Right. Ohio. And even though with the original vote total, the bill would have passed the House, um, what they're really looking to do is show that they have enough members of the House of Representatives that if the bill got to Kasich's desk and he vetoed it, they could override a veto. Yes,
0: which is why they needed 60, because 60 is the threshold for a veto override right in the House.
2: So that really kind of brings into focus the game that's being played here by Republicans. Yes. Uh, you know, it's going to go to the Senate. The Senate needs to hold a hearing. Uh, it might only be one. Normally we see, you know, two, three, four mm-hmm. hearings on a bill, especially something this big. It yeah. might just be one horrible afternoon that will go into the evening uh, over in the Senate. Uh, and then the Senate could choose to take up the bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry Obhoff is the Senate president. This is going to be his decision. hmm uh, he's also the guy who Janet Folger Porter ran a primary against. So the bill author tried to knock this guy out of office and now she's asking him for a favor. Hey, please support my bill. Mm-hmm. Well, he has been spineless before. I mean, the same
0: year she did primary him, he did added it to that house bill 420 and it passed out of the Senate last year. So like, right. I don't expect him to be any different this time and be just as spineless and just as willing to. Also, right. So she's crazy. Yes, she's
1: actually crazy.
0: Yes, she is. She was also. I mean, this is the other piece: is that you know, she, just like a lot of other anti-abortion pr- protesters and advocates across the country, don't care who they partner with as long as they're going to ban abortion. So we see them supporting, you know, Grabby McGraberson in the White House, and right. and Janet actually went to Alabama and became Roy Moore's spokesperson. For his Senate campaign down there. Child molester Roy Moore. Yes, she became the mouthpiece for and the lead apologist, actually, for child molester Roy Moore. And this is who the Ohio legislature is going to partner with to pass this bill. Right. Because values. Yeah. Family values. Family values. We're (laughs) pro-life. Except we want people to be able to shoot whoever they want to be able to shoot. I mean, until you're
1: born, you're very important. Yes. (laughs) After you're born, sorry about your luck. Hope your parents went to college. And you're uh, <laughs> uh,
2: You mentioned them passing the bill out of the Senate two years ago. They did that. They sent the bill to Kasich's desk. He vetoed it then. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Kasich said, well, if they bring the bill back to me, I'll veto it again. That held weight last time mm-hmm. because of two reasons. Uh, one being... It was all a little play. And the purpose of that was to hide the fact that they were also passing a 20-week abortion ban in 2016. Mm. That's why the Senate was fine sending the bill to Kasich because it was a little scripted skit. And, oh, we're going to veto this and look how moderate we are and pay no attention to this other abortion ban that we're signing. That was 2016. 2018, this is different. Kasich's veto is almost worthless because of the possibility of them overriding that veto. They're lining up the votes. They need pretty much every anti-abortion member of the Ohio House. Mm -hmm. They need all of them, but then they need those few people who are still maybe on the fence to side with them to override a veto. I mean, they have the 60. They they got the 60 they need. So they would just need to hold on to all of
0: those in right. order to do that. And there are a couple there that have voted differently in the past and those kinds of things that might be a little wishy-washy. But are some of those Democrats, like... Two of them. Well, I mean, one of them we don't really count, Bill Patman. He hasn't been caucusing with the uh, with the Democrats for a very long time. He's, bill Patman,
2: who defunded Planned Parenthood yeah, I mean, with his legislation. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was the
0: main sponsor of the defunding bill. So, yeah, he doesn't really count. And um, the other one was actually a little bit of a surprise. Um, Glenn Holmes out of the Mahoning Valley area um, was the other late vote, actually. Mm-hmm. So he was not in that 58. He was number 59. Um, he came in late and voted yes on the bill, although he's voted no on previous abortion mm. bans. So he voted no on the Down syndrome ban and those kind of things. So.
1: so maybe if he's your rep or-, mm, yeah, we'll or contact him.
0: Or- yeah. I <laughs> do know how you feel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I think that, you know, all of these people need to hear that this isn't hypothetical anymore. Like, In the past, it was really easy to vote for an abortion ban because you knew the Supreme Court was going to strike it down. It's happened with the other two states, Arkansas and North Dakota, that passed versions of this bill. One's more of a 12-week abortion ban because it only requires abdominal ultrasounds instead of the transvaginal ultrasound. So you can't um, see a heartbeat as early. But um, the courts have struck down those other two bans and they've never gone into effect. But with the Kavanaugh court and with especially the Sixth Circuit court here in Ohio already has four Trump appointees on it. And any minute now could have as many as six Trump appointees on it. And it was already conservative. I mean, the Sixth Circuit is the one who was like, oh, yeah, ban gay marriage. It's awesome. That caused Obergefell to go to the Supreme Court. (laughs) So, you know, the District Circuit, it was not a bastion of liberal wonderfulness before, and now it's got a whole bunch more conservative judges on it. So this is not a hypothetical. This is not an easy vote where it's going to get blocked and it's never going to impact anybody's life. This is a bill that will go into effect and will cause people to be forced to take matters into their own hands and put their lives at risk. Mm -hmm. And will criminalize, criminalize doctors. So what happens when you know, more and more doctors just don't want to practice in the state of Ohio because they don't want to be faced with being put in jail? What kind of medical crisis happens then? Where do women who want to be pregnant go when there's no OBGYNs left in the state of Ohio?
2: Right. So the, the <clears throat> ask is to keep this bill off the floor of the Senate. Yes. We need Larry Obhoff to, you know, find his spine. Mm-hmm. Um. We're asking John Kasich, hooray, you offered a veto, show that you have any amount of political muscle, stop the bill from moving forward, Mm -hmm. and members of the House of Representatives need to understand exactly what they would be condemning women to. Yes. They need to not override a veto. If it gets to that point mm-hmm. and there's other bills and we don't have time to talk about all those. None of the abortion ban bills, abortion restrictions should move forward. They're yes. all unconstitutional and evil. Um, it's just that this is the one that's getting the attention mm-hmm. right now. Yep. So,
0: yeah, I mean, in if you really want to be president in 2020, you have to be a leader and leaders actually lead. They just don't sit in their office and say, well, I'll veto that. Right. Be a leader. If you want to be president, you got to show that you're a leader. Yes. Let's see it.
2: Okay. Michelle, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.